lessons. So if you'll bear with me for these seven lessons, seven, not many sermons, I promise. I'm not, it's one sermon, and I'm going to talk about seven points real quick. Uh, but we're going to look at this. We're going to look at John the Baptist. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can go with me. We're going to be in the book of Matthew. And so we're going to go there real quick. Matthew, uh, book of Matthew, chapter 3. And this is my main text. Well, we're going to use other different passages, but this is the main text that we want to look at. Matthew, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Matthew, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His his food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and to the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So it's from this passage of Scripture that we learn many things about John the Baptist. Now, we could say that he is a very unusual man for that time. Some people may have even thought he was just a little bit strange. You know, we know that he wore camel's hair on his back with a leather belt around his waist. He ate wild honey and locusts. Now, I just want to ask, does anybody here want to go with me on the John the Baptist diet? Anybody? We can go out and pick some locusts, find some locusts lying around. 
and we'll be eating that, you know, starting. And, uh, and maybe, now the wild honey wouldn't be too bad, would it? But I have no desire to eat no bugs, okay? I, I, I just have no desire to eat bugs, but uh, that'd be some diet. And we know that he wasn't afraid of mixing words with the religious elite, right? I mean, and he was the one that Jesus chose to baptize him. But I believe that you and I can learn many things from the life of John the Baptist. And this morning I'm going to give you seven lessons that we can learn from the life of John the Baptist. If you are taking notes, these, I will have these seven up here. But I believe that you can learn something. Number one, I want you to know that God always has a plan. Always. There has never been a time throughout history or in your life that God did not have a plan. God always has a plan. Let me show you. Did you know that the the life of John the Baptist was foretold hundreds of years before he ever was born? There was a prophecy that was foretold of John the Baptist about 600 years before he was born. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This was written, this was prophesied about many years before John the Baptist ever came. And fulfilling this prophecy, God did the impossible. Do you hear me? Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 17. It says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. This is Zacharias, is John the Baptist's father. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Verse 14. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You see, here's the thing. Zechariah and Elizabeth thought they couldn't have children. They had tried. They had just figured, well, that's not in God's plan. But you see, God had a plan, amen? And God's plan was to use them to fulfill a prophecy that was spoken during the time of Isaiah about 600 years prior. And God always has a plan. No matter what you're feeling right now, no matter what you think right now, no matter what's going on in your life, whether you think that God isn't, isn't listening to you or he doesn't hear you or he's not thinking about you, I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. Can I tell you also that sometimes that God has a plan for our life, but we decide that we want to do our plan. Do you hear me? We decide that we want to do our own way. We decide that we want to do what we want to do. But I'm here to tell you, if you will listen to the Father speaking to you, if you will listen to what the Father is saying, I want you to know that he has a plan for your life. He has something special for you. He has something great for you. And he wants to do something amazing in your life. 
And even though we may not understand it, God has a plan. Don't lose heart. Don't get weary. Don't think, well, man, I, I just, I give up. God has something planned for you. We have to just trust in the Lord. The second thing that John, that we can learn from the life of John the Baptist is to repent. The first thing he said, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. You see, the basic meaning, if you were to look up the basic meaning of repentance, it means to turn around. I want to do something. Can we all stand? Everybody look at me. All right, and here's what I want you to do. As you're looking at me, everybody's looking. All right, I want everybody to turn around. All right, now you can sit down. I know, you're like, that. you just, hey, if you can't come to church and have calisthenics, you know, then, uh, then, then you know, we're, we're, in the, we're in the wrong place, right? We got to come and have some exercise, get your blood pumping this morning, get you moving this morning. Here's the thing that I want you to remember. I did this little exercise because I want you to understand what repentance is. The direction that you're going, if you repent of what you're doing that's not right, that's not what you're supposed to be doing, that means that you turn away from what you were doing that you know you're not supposed to be doing and you continue to go a different direction. That's what repentance is. Repentance is not, well, God protect me of this, or forgive me of this, Lord. You know what I'm doing, and you know I shouldn't do it, and then you keep going that direction. You never have repented. You may feel bad about what you're doing, but you haven't repented of what you're doing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Repentance is turning around from what you were doing that you know that you weren't supposed to be doing. You are making a complete change. It's turning away from evil and turning toward God through faith in Christ. John chapter 14 verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you hear what I'm saying? No one can come to God the Father except through Jesus Christ the Son. You can't come through Buddha. You can't come through Muhammad. You can't come through anybody else except through Jesus Christ. I don't care what the government's going to try to tell you. I don't care what the world's going to try to tell you. I'm telling you today there's no way to the Father except through Jesus. Do you hear me? Acts chapter 8 verse uh, cha- Acts chapter 8, verse 22, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the, oh, I'm sorry, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25 says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You see, that's what it is. When you truly repent of your sins, you are turning away from what you were doing. You are desiring a spiritual relationship with God the Father. You no longer make decisions on your own. Do you hear me? It's time that we as believers go to the Father and ask Him, God, what should I do before we do it? How many times do we make decisions, big decisions in our life, life life-altering decisions, without going to the Father first? 
How many times? You know how long it took for us to decide that we wanted to sell our house before we moved to where we're at? It took us a while. It was a big decision. It wasn't just a matter of just, and, and sometimes we just make big decisions in life and we just say, well, we, we want to do this. Why? Because we're feeling it. It's time that we go to the Father. That's part about having a relationship with the Father is that we are putting our trust in Him. We're relying on Him to guide us and direct us, to lead us to the ways that we need to go. We need the Father in our life. Repentance is an opportunity for all sinners to make the choice to turn from sin and turn to God. And this is made possible by the grace of God. John told us to repent. Today, I'm telling you that if you have not confessed your sins to Jesus, then do so today. Repent of your sins, turn from your old ways of doing things, and start a new life in Christ. The third thing that John taught us was be willing to preach the word. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be a preacher of the gospel. I'm not saying that you have to stand behind. That's not what he's talking about. Matthew chapter 3, verse 5 and 7, this is our text. It says, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and, and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? John was not afraid to preach the gospel. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was not afraid he preached God's word to anyone that would listen, and he even called out the religious elites. He let them know that they weren't exempt from sin either. He let them know that they had to repent. They thought because they had the, the scriptures memorized, we're good. We got it. They didn't understand the relationship part of it. You know, I wonder, during Jesus' time, I wonder how many of those religious leaders thought that God hadn't spoken to anybody in 400 years. Apparently, they're not doing something right. And it finally took Jesus to come on the scene for finally things to start. He, Jesus started stirring stuff up. Do you hear me? Before Jesus started stirring it, guess who was stirring the pot? John the Baptist was stirring the pot. He was telling them, you've got to repent the way you've been living your life, the way you've been treating people, the things that you've been doing, you need to repent of your sins. He was not afraid to call out the religious leaders. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. As you grow in your faith, you need to be prepared to preach the word. And I don't mean to stand behind a pulpit. I've already told you this we got to be able to preach the Word. That's why we read God's Word. That's why we read the book. we got to look and see what God is, is, is speaking to us. So that when we come in contact with somebody that is needing answers, that is needing something, needing something from God, that we can speak into their heart, speak into their life. Don't be shy when it comes to the gospel message. Number four, always give Christ first place there was a time in john's ministry 
some of John's disciples, they started following Jesus instead of him. They're going to his teaching. Jesus was baptizing right along with John. I mean, they're, they're in ministry in sync, you know. John's baptizing. Jesus is baptizing. Things are just going good. And some of John's disciples start getting their backs up. They go to John the Baptist and they say, Hey, John, man, look, this Jesus guy, can you believe that he started, he started baptizing? Uh, and can you believe that people are following him? They're leaving your ministry and they're going to his ministry. His ministry is getting bigger than yours. And these people started griping and whining and complaining and they started saying all this. They were getting upset for the fact that Jesus was doing this ministry. And I want you to look at what John told them. John chapter 3, verse 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone's going to him. They were getting jealous. And then verse 29, this is what John says. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. Verse 30. If you don't get anything else that I say today, get this. He must become greater. I must become less. You see, John knew what was important. He knew that Jesus must be exalted. John knew that he wasn't worthy to even hold the sandals of Jesus. He said he must become greater. I must become less. Can I tell you that it doesn't matter what Greg wants. It doesn't matter my desires. It doesn't matter the, 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 the uh, service order. It doesn't matter the, the events that we do or the, the things that we do around here or, or the songs that we sing or anything else. It's not about what I want. Do you hear me? It's about what he wants. I must decrease. He must increase. Have you ever listened to a new Christian, someone that just got saved? They say a lot of eyes. I like this, or I like that, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that. As we develop and as we become who Christ wants us to be, our vocabulary changes. Do you hear me? It's no longer about I, it's about God. What does the Father want? What does Jesus want? What can I do to promote Jesus? What can I do to lift Jesus up? What can I do to raise the standards so that I am doing pursuing His will and His calling and His desire? And you, Do you get what I'm saying? It's I must decrease. He must increase. Everything that we do should be about Jesus. That means for you and me that everything that we do is about him. It doesn't matter what our opinion is. It doesn't matter what our favorite song is or our favorite verse. It doesn't matter what color we think the carpet should be. All that matters is that I decrease and Jesus increase. I must become less and he must be greater. Everything that we, should, that we do should point people to Jesus. You and I don't get our way. We only get God. God's way, amen? Amen. amen? I must decrease 
Jesus must increase. Number five, don't be afraid to stand for what is right. When you read about the end of John's life, you find out that he was beheaded for his testimony. He became the first martyr for the gospel's sake. He sealed his testimony with his blood. It was during his time that King Herod was the ruler. King Herod decided that he wanted his brother's wife for himself, and it was John that called him out on this. John rebuked the king and told him that it was not lawful for him to live in adultery. John was not ashamed to deliver God's message just as it had been given to him. He stood his ground and told the people the truth that they didn't always want to hear. Do you hear me? Remember our text. What did he tell the the, uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees? He said, he said, you brood of vipers. He called them out. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? He was not afraid to stand for what was right. Now, can I tell you that this is a lesson that I believe that we need to take heart today? There are ways that we can stand for what is right, but bashing people on Facebook is not one of them. Do you hear me? However, you can go to the polls and you can vote your convictions. You can help in your schools and your community. You can be a Christian in front of anyone that you work with or for. We need to stand up for what is right. That doesn't mean that we're a bully. Do you hear me? But we need to stand up for our rights and and vote our convictions, vote the way that we feel God is asking us to vote. It is important that we do what is right. Number six, stay humble. John's ministry only lasted two years. But he made sure that everyone knew that he wasn't doing everything that he did for himself. John made sure that everybody knew this is not about me. This is not about me. Sure, I come and I led the way and I started this, but it's all about Jesus. Verse 11 of our text, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John showed more unselfishness than any man that ever lived. He did not know what selfishness was. Now think about our lives that we live. Self is mixed up with almost everything that we do. I truly believe that is the reason why we have so little power as Christians. Hear me out. We let ourself get in the way. It's time that we let ourselves be moved and let Jesus be exalted. John did not feel that he was even worthy of carrying the sandals of Jesus. During the time period, slaves would carry the sandals. And John said, I'm not even worthy of a slave. That's what he was saying. He says, I'm not, even, I'm not even worthy enough to carry this man's sandals. I'm not even worthy enough to be his slave. In other words, I'm far much lower than he is. He, he tried to exalt Christ so that everyone could see and know who Jesus was. We must learn to humble ourselves. We must get self out of the way. We must take on the saying of John the Baptist, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. 
The only way that we can truly humble ourselves is at the foot of the cross. Our human nature likes to be lifted up, amen? We, we want to be lifted up. We want that. It's, it feels good when someone compliments you, don't it? It feels good when someone pats you on the back. Can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with a compliment. Matter of fact, we should all be complimenting one another. The problem comes is when we get those compliments and we start being puffed out saying, look what I've done. Look at me. Look at the kingdom I'm building. Look at everything that I have. Can I tell you that when we get puffed up like that, God's going to humble you real quick. If you're not humbling yourself, God's going to humble you, I promise you. I can think back to my ministry and things that were happening. We were in a youth group, and man, things were kicking right along. The youth group that I had at this church was larger than our church is here. And I felt pretty good about myself. You know, we were doing this, we were doing that, we were, we were just, I mean, all kinds of things, and I felt pretty good. Guess what? In a matter of minutes, it was all gone. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I don't know all the reasons. But I think God revealed to me later on that I was putting things ahead of Him. I believe that if, if we don't humble ourselves, that God will humble us. Number seven, this is the last lesson this morning. Be an example to others. John lived a life before others that was well respected. Even Jesus himself was sure to make mention of John. Look at John chapter 5, verse 35. Jesus, this is Jesus saying, he said this, John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. You see, John the Baptist was an example for all of us to follow. He made sure that Jesus was exalted. He prepared the way. Even though his ministry only lasted two years, he did what he came to do, and that was to exalt Jesus Christ. John the Baptist knew his place. He knew what God had sent him there to do. He didn't try to be something else. He didn't try to be more than he was supposed to be. He did exactly what God called him to do and what God told him to do, and that's exactly what he did. He wasn't trying to build his kingdom. He wasn't trying to build himself up. He wasn't trying to make everybody, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at me. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that's supposed to come and, and, and get everything started, and then y'all can follow Jesus, but you got to follow me first. John wasn't about that. That was not John's agenda. John came to prepare the way for Jesus, and when Jesus came on the scene, he said, that is the man. Behold, right? Behold, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the man. And even when his disciples were getting jealous of, of what was happening with Jesus, he said, no, guys, listen to me. I must decrease. He must increase. That has to be our mentality. In everything that we do, we must make it a point to say, I must decrease. And Jesus must increase when I'm serving 
Whether it's in the coffee bar, at a, a, a door, if it was in the nursery, or in the back of kids' church, or a ministry on Wednesday nights, or whether it's standing behind a pulpit, everything that we do and everything that we proclaim should be, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. We've got to lead the way. We have to show people that Jesus is far greater than who we are. There's enough ministries out there building their own kingdoms, and it's time that we build God's kingdom, amen? It's time that we make sure that Jesus is at the forefront of what's going forward and saying that everything that we do is so that Jesus is increased. We must exalt him. So as you take this word this morning, I want you to put John's words into practice. Make sure that Jesus increases and your life decreases. Make sure that Jesus is your number one priority. And make it a point to have him number one in your life. Let's exalt Jesus in all that we do I must decrease and he must increase Jesus must be a far greater and above anything else that I can do can we stand this morning I want you to make that your prayer this morning whatever your ministry is here whether you teach a class whether you teach kids where you teach youth or or adults, whether you open a door, serve coffee, and whatever you do, I want this to be your prayer this morning. I, I want us to find a place. I want you to, if you want to stand there, just stand right where you're at. Make this your prayer this morning. God, let me decrease and let Jesus increase. Let me decrease and let Jesus increase can we just can we just go to the lord right now just just find your altar right where you're at you can come to this altar if you want but let's make that our prayer this morning god we just come to you right now god i pray for everyone that's here
Can we sing no instruments, just sing? Can we sing this? For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. For thou art exalted far above all gods. For thou, O Above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all gods, and I exalt thee. him up this morning. God, we worship you, Lord. Lord, we praise you, Lord God. Lord, let that be our prayer this morning, God, that, that we decrease, that self be put aside, but that you increase, that we exalt you above all things, that we exalt you above all the earth, that you are exalted, that we exalt you, Lord God, and we give you praise and we give you glory. We honor you today, God. We magnify you today, God. We praise you right now, God. We worship you, Father. We praise you right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord God, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. Lord, that everything that we do, God, be to exalt you, Lord God. Nothing else that we do matters but exalting you, lifting you higher, giving you praise, moving moving our praise to another level to exalt you with all of our heart, with all of our life. We exalt you today, God. We exalt you today. We honor you today. We magnify you today, God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. Lord, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. I magnify you. Lord, I give you praise, Lord God. I praise you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God. We praise you, Lord Jesus, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, I praise you, Lord God. I praise you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I worship you, Lord God. I praise you, Lord God. I magnify you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we honor you today, God. We praise you today. God, we magnify Hallelujah, Lord God. Lord, we praise you, Lord Jesus.
Oh, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we worship you. Oh, Lord God, we worship you. We exalt you, Lord God. We exalt you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, a pure and holy. Tried and true with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Hallelujah. And Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, a pure and holy, a tried and true. just praise you, Lord God. Lord, I lift you up, Lord God. I lift you up, Lord God. I give you praise. I give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 God, I just, I surrender to you, Lord. Lord, I praise you, Lord God. I worship you, Lord God. I magnify you today. Lord, I want what you want, God. God, I want to hear what you hear. God, I want to understand what you understand. God, speak to me. Speak to my heart. Lord, let my life be a reflection of you. Lord, that I honor you in everything that I do and everything that I say, God, that I give you glory. God, I worship you today. I magnify you today. I praise you today, God. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I want what you want, Lord God. God, I desire what you will desire, God. I give you praise. I give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we praise you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah. 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 I don't want to end this time. I want you to just continue to worship him. Can we just take a moment? Let's just spend a time. If you want to be silent, we can be silent. If you want to say something verbal. But I don't want to end this time. I want us just to give him time. It's, just, it's about him, amen? amen? 
The restaurants will wait. They've still got lots of food. They'll serve us. It's about him. I want us to spend some time in him. If you want to sit, sit. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to come to the altars, come to the altars. But I want us just to spend some time, even if it's in silence, just listening and letting God speak to us. God, we just come to you now. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. God, I worship you, Lord God. I praise you and I honor you today. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. I think we get in a hurry too much. I I think that I know that maybe it's Maybe God's been speaking to me and convicting me about this, but one thing that I feel like he's been telling me is, is that we get in a hurry too much. I know I do. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm one that likes to be organized, in my thoughts at least. <laughs> Not always in my life. There, I have plenty of... But I, I like moving from point A to point B to point C to and so on. Do you know what I mean? I get this done, I got to move to this step, I got to get this done, I got I to get this done, I got to get it done. If I don't have it laid out for me, then, then I, I uh, it's just, it's chaotic. And sometimes I feel like in service, I'm that way. We got to, we got to, we got to sing, oh wait, we got to, let me just back up. We've got to play the opening announcements. We've got to make sure that this gets started. And, and we've got to make sure the countdown starts on time. And then we got to, after that's done, then we go into this. And then we go into this. And then we go into this. And we go into this. You, you follow me? It's boom, 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 boom. And then, okay, we're done. And we've got to come to a, we've got to finish. I, today, I don't, want to, I don't want to finish. And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say, hey, you all need to stick around and stay with me. I, you know, I, I know that some of you may have plans. But here's what I want to do. If you need to go, then feel free. I, I'm not, I don't want to keep you here. I'm not saying you're, I'm not, I'm not going to call you out. or. I mean, this, this is every individual. This is, I'm just going by what I'm feeling right now. Do you hear me? I feel like God wants me to stay here for a moment. And I'm going to spend some time right here. And I'm going to invite you, if you would like, to stay and spend some moments with me. But if you need to go, I'm saying you can go. But I want to spend some time here this morning. And so I'm just going to, I'm this, there's no formal dismissal. I'm just going to let you go. And if you, if you need prayer, if you need Hey, God's really dealing with me. I want to, I'm going to be right here. I'm going to pray for you. If you want to stay and pray with me, I'd love for you to stay and pray with me. If you, if you, if you need, feel like you, you know, my time's done and I'm, I'm going to go, then, then you can go. There'll be an usher at the back. If you want to give, there's also an offering box in the, in the foyer. Uh, it's important. We, we still got to pay bills. So if you can give this morning, we'd love for you to give. But I'm, there's no formal dismissal. And we just, we, I'm just going to stay right here, and I'm going to spend some time. And if you want to stay here and spend some time, y'all can shut off the recording, the, the live feed. But I just, I, just, I just feel like God's not releasing me yet. And so I just want to turn that over to you. It's, this is, if you want to go, this is a dismissal. <laughs> Hallelujah.